folks. Welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast with Kirsten Ammers. Okay, hello everybody. We are in episode 16 of the Creative Language Learning Podcast today. I'm so glad to have you guys here as my listeners, if you are listening to this. Um, and I often like really, I like imagining where people are listening to my podcast. Um, so if you are in the gym or you're in the car, or maybe you're going for a walk, um, or maybe you're doing some cooking, or maybe you are um, avoiding vocabulary learning, which is very bad, naughty. Um, no matter where you are, welcome to episode 16 of the Creative Language Learning Podcast. And my guest is already on the line today. So hello, mystery guest, who are you? Da, 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 da. Hello. <laughs> uh, hello, I'm Lindsay, Lindsay Dow of Lindsay Does Languages. Hey, Lindsay was um, a guest in my podcast, and I got this wrong before. Lindsay has been a guest in episode eight, so if you want to hear me talk um, to Lindsay in a kind of more structured way, you can listen to my interview that I did with Lindsay in episode eight. And I liked her so much that I brought her back. So Lindsay, you're the co-host for today. Hey, that's exciting. Yeah. All right, shall, shall we tell people who our, or shall we tell people about the, the big news that the Creative Language Learning Podcast has a Creative Language Learning Sponsor! <laughs> okay. Can fireworks be, be uh, communicated through sound? That would be the way to do it, I think. <laughs> Bringing up the game. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, guys, I want to tell you about the company and um, amazing language learning company sponsoring this particular episode of the Creative Language Learning Podcast. And they are called Flash Sticks. Flash Sticks. Um, we all know momentum is a key to learning a language. And I find myself recommending flash sticks as a resource to pretty much everyone and what I used to do before flash sticks came around and um, have always done is I would always write all my vocabulary and when I was revising politics stuff and things like that so anything I wanted to remember write it all down stick it on a bathroom mirror um, to the extent where my mother knows that this is what I do and when I was writing the vocab cookbook she said to me are you going to write about the post-its on the mirror and I said, yeah, yeah, I will, because it works. So what Flash Sticks did is they took this whole thing one, one step further um, and they actually cut out the whole making your own post-its thing and they print the post-its for you. Um, each vocabulary note, so imagine these are pre-printed post-it notes that you can just buy for German, Italian, French and Spanish. And they're sign language ones, right? Lindsay, you've got the sign language ones. Yeah, I haven't got them, but yeah, it's... Mm. Uh... I've, I've heard about them. I think I've it's just them. British Sign Language. The English ones are really cool as well because the English ones have, I think, 12 languages. Mm -hmm. So, like, I really want to use the English ones to learn other languages. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. 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 So there's ones for designed for foreigners learning English or foreign language speakers learning English. So each note will have a you will have one word printed on it so each word each note has a unique word to learn and you can simply simply stick them up anywhere around you think bathroom mirror which is the, the Kirsten method and it works uh, your kitchen fridge your office around your um, computer your desktop wherever you think it's going to be useful and you're going to see them a lot so that's where you spend time during the day this way you can learn a few new words every day and then you can make progress every single day what I really like about them, because I'm a bit of a grammar nerd, is each note is colour-coded to the gender. Um, so the blue notes are masculine, the pink ones are feminine, and if the word 
is a an adjective, for example, so it doesn't have a gender, that's a different colour again. Um, and I think that's really cool. And I mean, Lindsay, have you ever come across a language that isn't English where the words don't have gender? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, like uh, sort of non-European languages I've learned, mm -hmm. Japanese, Chinese, I don't think they have genders. Which is which is a bonus when you think of how how much longer it takes to learn to write and read. Yeah, yeah. Anything I've ever learned because I'm so small-minded that I've always stuck within, I guess, the European continent. Um, anything I've ever learned that all the words have gender except for in English. So you know, Spanish, Italian, German, French, Russian, Latin. There's always gender, so it's a real key part of grammar. Um, and like I said, in the flash sticks system you can work this out with just one look and you'll remember whether the whether the note you were looking at is blue or pink so you'll really easily remember the gender of the words so i think this is awesome um flash sticks cover a variety of languages which with and without gender and they start from as little as 4.99 uh if you use they've given me a code to pass on to you guys so if you use the code Kirsten10 at the checkout, you'll also receive an extra 10% off your purchase. Kirsten10 is spelled K-E-R-S-T-I-N 10. So use that code for 10% off. And the website to send you to is flashsticks.com. So simple and easy. So I totally recommend you guys go over and take a look. Uh, it's a great way to support your language learning journey. And I know that Lindsay and I were both teachers, and I think we both recommend these, don't we? Mm, yeah, I've... Uh giving them to my students in the past and they've had a lot of fun sending me pictures and sort of where they've put them. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I know, that's so great. And like, I've, I mean, I've got, the problem that I have is that I teach online and I haven't really got any face-to-face -face students at the moment and all the packs of flash sticks I have are all German learning ones. So I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for advanced French so I can stick those up around the house. Mm, yes, yeah, and just that's cool. Keep my French fresh. Yeah. Okay, nice. so, Lindsay Dow, in case you missed episode eight or you don't know who Lindsay is, um, Lindsay's a YouTuber, language blogger, and she's a fellow teacher as well. Um, and she's a Brit who speaks foreign languages, which is always great uh, to kind of come across that. So, how have you been, Lindsay? You all right? I'm good, yeah, thank you. Yeah, very good. Mm, what have you been up to on your blog? Oh, on the blog? Um, busy, busy. At the minute, well, I say at the minute, this year, um, I've set myself a language script challenge, I've called it. So I'm going to learn, um, well, I'm learning 31 different writing systems, alphabets, um, language scripts throughout the year. I say learn. Really, it's kind of like looking at and then thinking, oh, God, I have to move on to the next one quick. Um, <laughs> I'm sort of... Uh, getting a taster, if you like. So that's quite fun at the moment. Um, it's kind of sort of opening my eyes to lots of different uh, languages and cultures around the world, not just in Europe or in Asia, which is where a lot of my languages that I've learned before have been based. So, um, yeah, that's, it's a lot of fun. Very interesting and diverse. Yeah. And, I mean, sometimes what was it the other day I was looking at something written in Hebrew and I thought Jesus I cannot make heads or tails of this like how does this even work Hebrew and, and Arabic it's like how how see this is what's really interesting about it is that um Hebrew and Arabic 
I thought, right, well, there's going to be some similarities, you know, geographically, etc., historically, and, and kind of in the same language family. And so I thought, right, I'll put them in the same month. And Arabic has always petrified me as a language. I've always thought, God, phew, that's got to be the hardest one. Surely, surely. <laughs> the hardest. And, yeah, so I, like literally the most difficult. Um, and so I put them in January because of Arabic, me thinking I'm going to need a bit more time on this one. But actually, those two, especially Hebrew, um, have been among the easiest so far. So I've been pleasantly surprised yeah. by that. What makes what makes them easy? I mean, I'm aware of there's a difference, and I was quite surprised when I first went to China and Korea, that mm -hmm. you would think, like, you can sort of see that the squiggles are a bit different, and mm -hmm. that Korean doesn't do that thing where it's basically pictograms. Yeah. See, Korean, I haven't got there yet, but I've some from kind of what I've, uh, I don't know, sneaked, if you like. Uh -huh. <laughs> You're cheating on your challenge. I haven't officially started on that. It's like in the, in the autumn. Um, but Korean is kind of very logical and it's often considered the most logical in the world because it's so, because it was created essentially very, well, not very recently, but, you know, more recently than most, um, than, than a lot more recently than Chinese, for example, if you were to, to talk about that. Um, but, yeah, so it's kind of based, I think, on the sounds. Yeah, um, yeah. That, you know, and the, the movement that your mouth makes when you make that sound. And then you put the vowels and the consonants together. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to Korean, but Chinese um, isn't on the list because I've previously studied Chinese, um, for a year or so and um, obviously it's very different it's not so much an alphabet or anything like that it's actually um, you know it's got radicals and then they get put together and mm. it's it's more a case of characters and, and being one word so it would take a lot longer to <laughs> a lot longer than a week to get a look at it and I already know how it the basis of how it works so mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. not on the list yeah but yeah I remember Korean is um okay Korean I'm saying Korean is easy to learn the script but it, it's like you say it's very logical and I remember that um I worked in Korea for two days once <laughs> And I, I, so we, I, was, I was really expecting you to be like, I worked in Korea for two years, and <laughs> no, no, I was, I was like, he didn't quit it with my my work. No, I used to do education exhibitions, so uh, we would go out and kind of, I'd, I'd be there representing a British university um, at a, at an education fair, and that means you, you, you only really get to be there for like three days, and then they go, oh well, exhibition's finished, we don't need you anymore, bye. Um, and it was it was more like that, sadly. Um, and I was tagging Korea on the end of a two-week China trip as well. So it was like, oh, I'm so exhausted. <laughs> but I, I just loved it so, so much. And I, I kept looking at all the script and thinking, this is so beautiful. Because it has that simplicity just from looking at it. So I'm a big fan. And I got my... In the exhibition, because in, in Korea, a lot of the students, their English wasn't like necessarily conversational. So they, they, they were a bit nervous as well, a little shy. So I got assigned a, an interpreter for the day. Like just this guy who hangs around on your stand with you, who is a Korean and English speaker, who can translate what you're saying for, for the students who want to know, I don't know, like, oh, your university is on a hill, that's beautiful. And so stuff like that. Um, and he, I made him, because it was fairly quiet on the day, I made him explain Korean 
writing to me. Mm -hmm. So we kept looking at all this stuff and it was just fantastic. And what I learned, like what, what this guy taught me in just two hours made it all make so much more sense. Mm. And it took a lot of my apprehension away, actually, from from that particular script, which I, had been yeah. completely impenetrable to me before. Exactly. And this is this is it. This is kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to do this challenge and why I set this for myself was because I didn't want to sort of put off learning any language for fear of, oh, yeah, but there's the script and it's totally different. So I wanted to sort of give myself, you know, a little... A toe in the water? Is that an expression? Have I just made up an expression? No, that's a, it's an <laughs> English like, expression. People say you put a toe, toe in the water, or dip a toe in the water, they do. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Dip my toe in the water to just kind of be like, okay, that's how that works. And then, you know, so in the future, um, when I have more time to, to devote to something, I, I can use what has intrigued me most from this year as a foundation. I think, actually, I really liked that language that I'd never even heard of like there's there's scripts in this challenge that I've that I've got going that I've I literally just put them on the list because there's a memorized course for them all right yeah honestly and and so it's but that's part of the fun is that it's completely new it's completely oh wow this is spoken here I mean last month one of them was Amaric um which is spoken in Ethiopia and is actually like one of the main languages and Amaric I'm yeah, and like I'd never really heard of this. And the interesting thing about it is that this is um, in the same language family as Arabic and Hebrew. And you would never think, you know, a language in Ethiopia, and you wouldn't, you just wouldn't really associate that. Well, at least I wouldn't. No, well, uh, well, Ethiopia wouldn't has. Doesn't Ethiopia have. Is that the place? No, that's Tanzania. I was always really surprised that Tanzania has a capital called Dar es Salaam, which uh -huh. is, it looks to me like that looks so Arabic, right? That looks so Middle Eastern, um, but it's actually a country in Africa. And I know a lot of um, British Indian heritage uh, people. So like people who speak Gujarati native. Yeah, yeah or speak Gujarati and English and sort of like people from maybe Bolton or like Northern England, but uh -huh. they have big family history in, um, in Gujarat, in India. But then, like this guy I used to work with, he was born in Africa. He was born in Tanzania. Mm. And then it makes me think of like Dubai having a very, very strong Indian population as well. Yeah. So there is so yeah. much migration. Like sometimes we're so European-centric, we think there's only migration like people coming into Europe or people coming out of Europe. And you forget that, like, there's migration also between Ethiopia and this place or India and this place. Mm. So it's fascinating stuff, isn't it? Is, yeah, I mean, and this is it. Like, for me, if I read a, a history book or something like that, I just completely zone out. But to learn about this kind of stuff through language mm -hmm. and is, is one of the joys for me. And that's, that's, why, I'm, that's why I'm doing it. Open my mind, man. <laughs> no, it, it. I mean, every little. I really and I keep seeing this around in the world. Um, I mean, we here in Britain have just um, experienced a a political debate, right? Because Britain has elections coming up, and I don't want to go in too much into um, political opinions of people. But you can tell, like, there is certain, like, there are certain parties that that really capitalize on small mindedness, in my opinion. Oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm being very polite here. <laughs> but uh, and um, we we obviously I'm my. 
partner's parents are going to travel for the first time ever this year. Mm. Um, uh, no, not for the first time travel, but you know, they're going to leave the country because they're coming to our wedding in Germany. Um, mm. And for them, like to explain to them, the European health insurance card is a card that you can get for free that then makes sure you are covered for free um, in other countries in case you've got a medical emergency. Um, that alone was mind-blowing for them because they just don't get that perspective on, you know, what what other countries are like. Um, and sometimes I think you you it's really easy to, for example, about Africa, think, oh, it's all fields or something like that. Um, and doing something like learning Amharic mm. is massively, like, perspective opening. Or just hearing about, I remember hearing about all the, the languages of Nigeria. Like Nigeria has more languages than like, I don't know, all of Europe. Mm. And that's one country and that's just, just, just insane. God, where am I going with this? <laughs> <laughs> you say like countries with lots of languages. I mean, this is why um, uh, Papua New Guinea mm -hmm. has always fascinated me. Ever since I found out, you know, there's over 800 languages in this relatively small country. Wow, like, yeah. You know, Take me there now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you wonder, you wonder if they're different, right? And it it goes back to as well. When is something a language, and when is it a dialect? Like, are they all different to each other, or are they are they similar? Yeah, yeah. That's it. I mean, that's whew, that's again, like I guess, quite a political question, isn't it? When's a language a dialect? And I mean, I've I've um, been learning my 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 current. Um, Open University courses, final year of Spanish, and there's been a unit about languages, which is like the best thing ever. <laughs> so one of the, the topics for the unit was um, languages of Spain. So, you know, it was all about kind of Catalan, Galician, Basque, um, but then it also mentioned these things like Valenciano, mm -hmm. uh, um, Asturian, and I can never say it right, Beleria, yeah. I think, you know, sort of, and, there, and it says, you know, Valenciano, is it a language or a dialect? And, you know, someone who speaks Valenciano is likely to say it's a language. Someone who speaks Catalan, perhaps, is likely to say, ah, it's just a just dialect. You know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? And did mm. Catalan come from Valenciano? Did Valenciano come from Catalan? And it's it all gets very complicated. And there's no necessarily, I don't think there's necessarily... Um, I don't think there's a rule. I don't think you can measure yeah. it anywhere. So... I'm thinking about German and so what what um the dialect the strong dialect in the region where where I live um is called Moselle Franconian and Mo mm -hmm. Moselle Franconian is actually one of the closest um derivatives of middle German that we have right so like you know how you have middle english there's also middle german um so like medieval i don't know old school german um before of how before how it was before how it's spoken now mosel franconian is is one of the most historic dialects that we have and it's a dialect but then when you go to luxembourg they basically speak what i would consider mosel franconian with a bit of french thrown in oh as in luxembourgish yeah that's luxembourgish oh. then that's a language right but you go across the border and then it's not a language at all it's a dialect and it's it's completely differently oh. it's considered so different and then you within that dialect there are so many different flavors but what it means is like somebody from i have massive problems understanding somebody from bavaria when they go into hardcore bavarian or mm. say you there's frisian which is the northern german yeah. sort of flat country uh -huh. they speak uh, frisian um, not they speak it, but you know, native like not, not native speakers. 
older people, I guess, uh-huh. or like local dialect speakers will speak Frisian if they stay local. Um, and and that, again, to, to me, I, I don't understand a word of that. Swiss German, forget it. Like, it's I really, I really struggle. Um, yeah, and I think most Germans do. So I used to have this job where I'd call up people um, and do service over the phone. And one of my languages was German. But I kept bringing people in Switzerland. And I often had to tell them, um, my Bavarian to- friend told me, tell them to speak Schriftdeutsch, written German. Right. And then they'll switch into what we often call High German, Hochdeutsch, right? Yeah. And then I, and then I, suddenly I can understand them, but it's literally they've changed language. But Swiss yeah. German is, you know, that's again, it's like, is it a language or is it a dialect? Yeah. Really, really interesting. And I mean, in England, you've got, I don't know, like, I don't always understand people from Scotland or Wales. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Newcastle, how would that be for you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it, it always just takes a little bit like I find that the vocabulary isn't quite as different um, yeah so that's that's okay um, but it's the, the intonation is really different with English isn't it yeah yeah where is it's the intonation yeah Newcastle Birmingham Liverpool I think are the three yeah that... <gasps> Liverpool oh my god yeah yeah but even Liverpool actually that's interesting because um, I have a too. friend sorry Leeds too Leeds, I've never been to Leeds, so I couldn't, I wouldn't know. Um, but no, sorry, I have a friend in Liverpool, and they said, oh no, we don't speak with the Liverpool accent. Uh, across the water, they, they lived in some, uh, like, Wallasey, so it's like below. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh no, across the water, they speak with a Liverpool accent, we speak with the Wallace accent, and then you've got the Birkenhead accent, and it's like, uh, yeah. it, it's it's the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> so then, you know, I guess it's as close as you are you then notice the the differences perhaps closer around you you can spot that whereas if you come from a wider perspective it's just that's that and that's that but within that is there even more and it's interesting I mean I'm originally from Northamptonshire and I grew up with family in Lancashire and Scotland and Wales and I would always say oh yeah we don't have an accent where we're from Mm -hmm. you know we just we just speak with we speak like they speak on the telly do you know what I mean yeah yes (laughs) um and you know I'd go but then I'd go up to Lancashire and I'd say say oh what do you want I'll just have a glass of water or let's go to the pub and they go oh a glass of water let's go to the pub (laughs) that's not what I said you know but to them I have an accent and then you know so then again I'm talking into accents now but then you've got the difference between you know, language dialect, yeah, and dialect yeah. and accent. And to and... think of Lancashire as one, because I live in Lancashire, right? And, oh, exactly. and East Lancs is completely different to Blackpool and that's completely different yeah. to like Bolton. Like Bolton and East Lancs to me sounds so different. Yeah. Oh, that's... As, like, as, as, that's like I was saying about Liverpool, it's the same. Like yeah. as an outsider, I would think, oh, that's Lancashire. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. I could probably just about tell the difference between Lancashire and Yorkshire. But no... No narrower than that, I wouldn't say. Yeah. And then zoom out of that and I'm thinking, geez, right? And then we're doing things with other languages where we're thinking, yeah, this is, you know, you you think you're sophisticated when you know the difference between Castilian Spanish and South American Spanish. Yeah. Oh, God, that's just crazy, isn't it? Or like Arabic, that's one language, right? (laughs) Yeah. With how many dialects? Yeah. And and like when they say, you know, you'll get like... um, 
teaching res- teaching resources or self-study resources and it'll be like Spanish like European Spanish Latin American Spanish and it's like okay how many variations of Spanish are there within Spain and then oh sorry Latin American Spanish like how many countries are we talking about here it's like you know you can't just say oh yeah this is just one variety uh, yeah or you're a German teacher you know so you have to know everything about Austrian accents and stuff and I have to concentrate mm-hmm. when somebody from Vienna talks yeah like, I can understand it but I have to focus it's not as easy yeah. Uh, so yeah languages and their their dialects right going back to your script challenge um Uh i guess that makes it in a way you've kind of got a really you this is again why i always advocate writing right i think writing is such a big and neglected part it's not very sexy people don't like doing it because speaking but writing is a huge part of of language learning i think because a you can take your time that's really important and and b you have at least some level of standardized language and maybe at the start that's actually a good thing to have yeah I mean for me yeah it's nice to to write I mean one of the reasons um I know you just said writing's really important one of the reasons for me was reading like I love being able to read words that are around me even if I'm somewhere and it's in a language that I don't speak or I don't understand just to be able to physically understand the letters Mm -hmm that's always been a big part of me and when um when I was younger um I traveled a lot in Europe and in um sort of Costa Rica a little bit so I could read the languages that were around me I went to Asia then and I was in Singapore and Malaysia and Indonesia and I could read the stuff because it was the same letters that I was used to and then I went to Thailand and all of a sudden for the first time in my life I was looking around I was trying to decipher a menu and I couldn't even use a phrase book to do so because I had no idea how <laughs> I was supposed to put what was on the menu into the phrase book to then find the English. You know, it was just a complete culture shock. And I thought, hmm, okay, right. Um, and in fact, that was the first time on that trip that I bought, I went out and I bought a phrase book because before then I'd been able to survive because I could read mm. in Malay. Easier, but then when I got to Thailand, it was like, hmm, yeah, this is different now. And I think that experience perhaps is well, it was a long time ago now, but that's possibly what sort of triggered this is just the having that ability to read even just little bits and just have um, a knowledge. Yeah, but yeah, back to the writing. I think it, uh, it anchors you, doesn't it? When you when you're in a place or just learning a language, it's just somewhere to kind of look back to and refer back to. So it's really helpful. And it's really rewarding as well when you're, you know, if you're kind of traveling um, on, I mean, when, well, the first time I went, well, the first time, the only time so far, um, when I went to Japan and I noticed, I'm like, hmm, and I didn't, I knew nothing about the language. I could sort of say hello and thank you. And that was kind of it. But I was noticing on, you know, we'd go on the underground and there'd be Chinese characters. And I'm thinking, why do they use Chinese characters? Uh-huh. Now I know. But at the time I was like, why, why, why? yeah and and it was just giving me all these questions um and I love having the questions but I also love to find the answers for them and that's why I've decided to do it but with the writing sorry I've gone off completely off course of what you asked about with the writing I think yeah it is a nice thing to be able to do and it is it's a shame because with technology it is a dying dying skill I suppose even in our own language you know um, it's much more frequent for me to type or to tap 
um, not even to type, but to tap a letter on a flat screen to express myself in English or any other language than it is for me to sit and to physically draw those characters with my hand. Yeah, yeah. For that reason alone, I think it's nice to be able to do it because it's a real sense of self-reward when you can, you know, when you can actually write something in another language, in another script as well, from your brain. It's quite, it's quite rewarding and it's nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it, it's, it's confidence building as well. I think it's reassuring to be able to read. It just kind of puts you somewhere where you can work out what's happening. I mean, for me, that was a big part of, like, when I, when I went into learning Russian, which I, mm. I think I can officially say... I am the worst Russian learner ever, and I haven't really done it recently. Um, I'm not a very good self-paced learner, <laughs> which you know is good because 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 I, I luckily I'm, I mean I'm mostly a tutor, which means I I help self-paced learners, but uh, and I should apply a lot more of what I'm learning from working with other people to myself. So um, yes, slapping my hand here. But <laughs> <laughs> also, I've just been really busy. <laughs> and that's what everybody says. But with Russian. The reason I started learning uh, was because I went to these places and I couldn't work out what any, anything was. And just being able to decipher the words and just kind of mumble them at me makes me feel a little bit more reassured. So I'm like walking around town going, And then like it gives you the worst, the world's worst vocabulary as well, because it's literally like, you know the word for pregnant, you know the word for flowers, <laughs> but you don't know the word for anything useful, but like, or sugar or something like that. But, you know, and then sometimes you, you might go to a hotel breakfast one day in your, your hotel and it might have something labeled in Russian and you go, that's milk. I know that that's milk. <laughs> I can read that. And it's just, you know, little steps really, really help, don't they? Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah, it, it's a different kind of. It's when you when you speak to someone, you know, and hopefully, um, if you speak to them in their in their language, they'd kind of be like, oh yeah, yeah, oh well done. They'd be really happy, and that's the reward. But when you read something yourself, it's almost like a secret. Like, yeah, I did that, and no one else needs to know. But I'm going to tell them anyway because I'm so proud. <laughs> that's true. That's you know. What I mean? Yeah, and that goes into another thing. I think that's really interesting about language learning is that you you know like. You don't really have to, you, you can do it at your own pace if you don't really, you don't have to really tell people about it. And often I feel that, I hope, I hope like I'm not contributing to that space, but I think that in this kind of like polyglot dominated space, you know, that, that mm. we sometimes find ourselves in, I think people feel pressure to show that they're keeping up. Um, mm. And you don't really like, Honestly, you don't have to do that. You just, you know, you're learning at your own pace. And even with my students, like, who have somebody who will be there every single week and, you know, they should feel, you know, like, they, 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 they naturally, you feel more accountable to that person. And I've got students saying, do you think I'm making progress? And I'm thinking, yeah, but I don't even, like, I'm not here to measure your progress as such. I can tell you are, but I'm not... I don't know. Like, I don't count the vocabulary. I don't count the words that you learn or anything yeah, like that. I, I find this quite difficult sometimes with, with language learning. Like, when you sort of learn yourself, it's kind of how do you measure that progress? Mm. And uh, for me, something that was really useful um, last year, and in fact, I, did, I haven't really done it this year yet, um, but when I, last summer, I did the Italki World Cup Language Challenge in Portuguese. 
being hosted in Brazil, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I'd spoken, I spoke a little bit of Portuguese beforehand. Um, I'd been there on holiday. I could, you know, order a coffee. I don't drink coffee. I could order a water, right? And and then so I did it, and obviously I speak Spanish. And so it was actually really easy and it was really rewarding. It was really, really nice. But one thing that I did for this process was every week I made a video and I would in some way document something. So I set myself a little goal each week and I said, right, okay, so after the first week, I'm going to make a short video reading out loud on camera, which sounds really simple, but it's, it's actually quite brave because it it feels quite scary when you speak spontaneously you almost feel like it's okay to make mistakes. I'm still learning. But when you're reading something, um, there's that pressure of, well, it's there written for me. So I should be able to say it perfectly. But actually, you know, and so that was the first step. Uh-huh. And then from there, I went on to sort of writing my own little script um, and then using some songs, which I love in language learning. And then um, by the end of it, I, well, not quite the end, but I, I did a live commentary um, in Portuguese of the playoff match of the World Cup and wow it was scary. yeah it was the scariest thing I've ever done um, but that was good was it like, one where Germany beat Brazil no oh. I, I figured that a lot of people would watch in the actual final so I did it for the, the like the the third and fourth place oh you know? yeah yeah it was Netherlands versus um no ne- Netherlands versus Brazil versus Brazil yeah, yeah. So it was really awkward because that summer I'd been learning Portuguese and I'd been learning Dutch. <laughs> and so both of these countries were playing in the, in this match. Um, but yeah, and, you know, I set myself these things. And now when I look back on them, you know, if, if, if I want some kind of uh, reassurance of how far I've come, I can just watch back to these videos and think, actually, look at that first one. Oh, my God. How awful. And, you know, oh, actually, I got better there. Oh, and I did the, the commentary. Oh, yeah, it's all right. Oh, but what, what am I saying there? Why have I said that? that and, and that, for me, is how I measure my progress in that I yeah. see, I record myself in the early stages and then at sort of regular intervals. And then if you feel like, oh, God, it's been a month since I've touched my Portuguese book or whatever. Um, okay, well, I've, I've forgotten everything that's a really common thing do you ever have that yeah yeah when you feel like everything has left my brain that exists around the word Portuguese yeah and I think that's really dangerous because it's like oh well why do I even bother and and I might as well yeah. just start again like I haven't touched my Russian book for a good two months but does that mean I can't speak any Russian anymore exactly exactly and I, I feel like whatever you do with language then and it's never going to be a waste of time because you never know when it might come up and you never know even just the, the tiniest thing. You know, if you remember the word for, like you said, remembering the word for milk in Russian, mm-hmm. you know, that, that could be a moment, for, you know, someone da, 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 milk and you just understand milk. Oh yeah. Oh, milk. Ah, and then that could be sort of a, not a massive, like life changing game changer, but it could be a game changer in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, oh, you, yeah. Yeah. Thing, but oh milk I used the word and then all of a sudden you could be back on it again mm. that's, that's quite cool well we, while we're talking about recording what you're doing as well just um I'm gonna take I'm gonna take 10 seconds to give a shout out to our sponsor because I'm so happy to have them and it's my first ever sponsor so um I just really want to encourage people to 
help the creative language learning podcast and help my sponsors and show them how how awesome you think we are by going to their website and telling them that I sent you by using the discount code Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N, I know that's a funny spelling, 10. And then that 10 means you get 10% off. And they've even got a free app that does a, a magical enhanced, what do you call it? An augmented reality, isn't it? Um, yeah. Where you hold it over the flash stick and then a little tutor pops up and says, you know, you can click hear a tutor say it and then somebody will actually pronounce the word for you. So if you thought that was a thing where you'd go, oh, paper, won't teach me speaking. Nope, they've thought of that. They've sorted it out. So flashsticks.com is the place to go for language learning in the 21st century in color with post-its. It's amazing. Um, and use the code Kirsten10. Beep, beep. <laughs> I, need some ad, I need some ad music, don't I? <laughs> so, beep, beep, beep. Okay, now, talking about recording, I thought, okay, and this is, I know you've, I know you've told me to start the Instagram language challenge, um, mm. and I haven't done it yet, but tell me, tell me, how, what do I do? How do I do it? What, how do I do the Instagram language challenge? I'm going to do it right now. Yeah, do it right now. So, it's, it's really fun, right? So, basically... Um, every month, um, I release a new image. Okay. And the image has, um, if, if I curate the list it has about 28 words. Okay. And these words are prompts. Um, this month there is someone very cool, Audrey, who runs a blog, Espanolita blog about mm -hmm. bilingual parenting. Yeah. And she's curated the lists for me, um, which is really cool because she has a completely different, um, style. So whereas before I was being very general and she's really gone in for like the seasonal theme. So it's all about April. It's about nature. It's about, um, spring, and, and Easter. What do I do with that list then? So, yeah. So once you've got your list, yeah, so this month, it's, you know, very sort of specific April Eastery words. When you've got the list, you use that as a prompt. So it's not a word. It's not like, okay, yeah. the word today is, um, I don't have the list with me right now, but let's say yesterday, for example, the word was April. Lit. So you what don't have April? to think, okay. so you don't have to think, um, okay, so I'm just going to do, think of April in the target language. You can think around that subject. So you can think, okay, well, April is the fourth month of the year. I don't know the word for fourth. I don't know how first, second and third and fourth. I don't know how that works in the language I'm learning. So you can completely take that prompt in any way you like. It's not just this is the word you must learn today. You know, it's not that strict. There's no real rules to this. And then when you think, right, that's what I want to do. The language that you're learning, what I want you to do, well, what I want you to do, God, teacher mode. Okay. The purpose of it is that you then take a photo, okay, or a video. This is something really cool about Instagram. Yeah, photo Carries on from recording your progress, right? Yeah. It's just 15 second video. Um, you can be in it or you can be filming something else. It's completely up to you. And you make a photo or a video um, that will be like a memory aid. So when you look back through your okay, feed, yeah. when you look back across the month, you've got that as well as in the description, the word for that day. So you have a new piece of vocabulary or a new yeah. sentence or phrase for each day. Um, so you translate you translate the, the, the prompts you give are in English right so yeah. do I then translate that word into my target language well yeah so you can translate the word itself yeah. or you can use it as a prompt so you can use it to think in a wider context so like I said with April you could use that and think right fourth how do I do um, ordinal numbers in the language I'm learning okay hang on I'm gonna I'm gonna film a little video 
and then I have to say something in French, I guess. You're going to do it right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Excited. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I'm going to show you my, my... Okay. This is my podcast set up, and I am recording my first podcast of April with Lindsay Dow from Lindsay Does Languages. Uh, Lindsay, hey. tu parles français? Oui, je parle français. Oui! Oh, that's the end of the video. <laughs> yeah. 15 seconds isn't long. 15 and seconds is not long, but I'm going to post this. Yeah. And when you post it this in the description, hashtag IGLC. I'm such a professional. Okay, right, sorry. So what do I do yeah. now? So so when you post it, yeah. in the description, post um, the the new write the new word that you've learned. Okay, okay so the new word will be podcast, outfit. the French word for podcast, because I know that there is a different word as well. They have a, awesome. They have a funny word for it. Hang on. I know my, my partner told me not to type in these podcasts. I do apologize for the typing noises. I know. It's like bum, 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 bum. I'll sing over it for you. La, 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 la. This is an interlude. Some, get some lift music. <laughs> like type. Oh, je l'ai trouvé. I found it. So it's you got it. Yeah, awesome. la balade diffusion. Oh, oh no, balade diffusion. La balade diffusion. La balade. I'm typing this on the, on Instagram. You can follow me in case you want to see whether I really did this um, from the podcast to Instagram you can find me on Instagram my username is Dato Green La Balado Diffusion and Lindsay's username is Lindsay Does Languages so La Balado Diffusion en avril so April is cool. avril right that's it and then hashtag IGLC and that's just so I can see it on the feed and I can be like yay well done and like it and stuff and let's send it to Twitter as well. Done! So, there you nice. go, guys. How easy is it to join in? And now I have to do this every day now. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, for today is the... Um, oh God. Podcast shouldn't age. Today is the... Of April. Um, and the word for today is... The 3rd of April. Hang on. Let me check. I've got the list no, no, on my no, phone. No, no, Podcasts are meant to be timeless. Oh, seamless. Yes. I'm so, so sorry. To, today, is, today is a mystery date in April. Today? <laughs> yes. The word is spring. Spring. Okay. Spring. Um, and I'm just looking at the hashtag IGLC. Oh, my God, it's really busy. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, more Vietnamese is participating in it. Spring yeah. water we had yesterday. Oh, this I is... love looking at hers because I know nothing about Vietnamese. So it's really interesting for that. If you look through the hashtag feed. Mm. You know, you get this huge mix of languages um, and people getting involved. It's really nice to see. Oh, there you are, Dato Green, 26 seconds ago. That's right. Perfect. That's right. We are awesome. live. So that you can see, that's my desk. How messy is that? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Wonderful. So, guys, I, I, I can really, really recommend the hashtag IGLC, which is Instagram Language Challenge. Um, and that's, that's all you need. Come and join us. I'm going to join. I'm going to join Lindsay on this mission of the Instagram language challenge. It sounds so fun. So yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Going to do it. We're going to do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. What else have you been up to? So you've been you've been learning different scripts. You've been doing Instagram things. You've been teaching like usual, and yeah. you have been 
I'm 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 leaving here. Um, have you you've been doing a Udemy thing, right? We've both been Udeming. I've been yeah. I, in fact, this week I finished filming in two days. I made fifty two videos. Wow! Well, I filmed. 52 videos uh-huh. I now have the editing process which is the bit that takes all the time um but yeah I had two solid days of filming this week um it, I'm not sure if I'm going to put it on Udemy yet or if I'm going to host it on my website oh okay um, yeah. I'm still well, what's the course still about? deciding sorry what's the course about oh I haven't told anyone yet oh. shall I shall I reveal well you don't have to you don't have to you can give a hint you can give a sort of mysterious hint if you want to I will. I'll tell you what language it is. Okay. It's, okay. It's English. Yeah. And it is. Oh, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> it's English phrase verbs, and it's through story. Oh wow! Oh yeah. English phrase verbs so through story. Yeah. That's that's pretty unique. I really like that. Oh my god! You've made like a whole. I can so imagine as well your. I think your YouTubing style and your video style really goes for that as well. Oh, thank you. That's I awesome. So. Yeah. No, I'm, 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 it's revealed, it's revealed. Um, yeah. Exclusive. Well, that's all right you because the podcast is timeless well. and it's, yeah, no, and exclusive. I'm going to make a note of that. Exclusive. Exclusive jingle. Just kind of like a, boom, boom, you know, like a news, newsreel. Oh, so yeah phrasal verbs in English and this sounds like a really comprehensive course because you've really gone for like the big thing um but see I made one I made one last last week um which I've been wanting to make for ages and it's an online teaching course it's called online teaching tricks and I just put it out on Udemy um and it's you know just just launched it um but I'm hoping people will join me early and tell me what else they want as part of this course because I've got about 20 topics that I didn't cover thinking I don't know whether anybody wants to hear this I'll see what people ask so if you can come and join me on Udemy and I'll put in like a $10 voucher in the in the show notes as well come and join me if you want to do online teach because I want to basically I, I want the course to be bigger but I didn't want to presume what people want to hear so I need people to go and join it and tell me what they want to hear um, and that's a new way for me of doing things so it's really it's really cool I'm really excited about Ooh. it yeah okay i think we're coming to the end of the podcast and Lindsay, q end of the podcast jingle <laughs> q end of the podcast no q tips of the week jingle oh okay tips of the week tips of the week and this this week we're going to reverse we're going to reverse the tables turn the tables that's what people say um and i get to i get to choose the tips of the week is that right yeah, yeah i have three uh-huh. you can you can pick one okay yeah, or two, or three. I don't mind. Oh, now I know how. Or suggest your own. No, don't suggest your own. I've curated these, especially. <laughs> indeed, you. Yeah, indeed, you have. Indeed, you have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, okay, so the three tips are number one. Um, there is a website called ListeningPractice.org, right? Mm-hmm. Now, this website has various activities you can do. You can do. Um, kind of a sentence listen and then you type the sentence you listen Uh or you can do a sentence listen and then you find the words from a list of words that they give you which is kind of the the nicer version of what I've just described so you don't have to type you just use the words they've got 
on the list. Um, they also have like a literary text option where you listen to a literary text and you kind of type that. And there's also a verb conjugation option as well. Mm -hmm. And all of these things, they've got um, the primary languages at the minute are English, Spanish, French and German. But they have a huge range of other languages, including, I think, Japanese and Hebrew and Portuguese, where they are kind of building, I think, on their resources. So only some activities are available for those other languages. But it's all native speakers. Um, and it's just sentences that are like extracted from real stuff. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's really TV cool. shows it's very and things. Yeah, I think so. It's very intense. It's, you know, you just have these one sentence and da 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 da. Okay, yep, got it right. And they do like maybe like 12, I think. Or I think the one where you type is kind of timeless. So you can just go for hours if you really wanted to, you know, if you were really in it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's quite cool. Um, I like that. Yeah, listeningpractice.org. Yep. Number two is um, Pinterest. Um, I've written about this recently on my blog about using Pinterest for language learning and a lot of people were like oh yeah I love it I use Pinterest all the time so I was like okay I'll, I'll mention that in the tips so basically you can collect you know if you're learning one language you can have different boards for different things so you could say okay this is say you're learning let's think of a completely new language we haven't talked about today let's say that you're learning Greek okay so you have one board on your you know a pin board if you like for greek verbs you have one for the greek alphabet you have one for vocabulary in the home you have one for um complicated bits of grammar and explanations you know you can really break it down like that or if you're learning multiple languages you can have one board per language or you know one board per language but then one board per language for the verbs or mm -hmm. you know and be really specific with it um or as broad as you like Yes. And it's really good. There's a lot of um, teachers and things like that on Pinterest. So there's a huge wealth of information. And you can pin anything from the internet. So if you find something on the internet, you think, oh, my God, this is really useful. I want to, it's almost like bookmarking yeah, yeah. in the same place and it's kind of organized. So, yeah, I think that's really good. And it gives you something. You can also kind of find stuff. And then if you suddenly have a question in your head and you're like, oh, God, how, what does that verb even mean in Greek? <laughs> you know, you go, you can check back. Oh, yeah, I, did, I found that a while ago. I've got that. And then read through them. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, okay, so that's Pinterest. Pinterest. Yeah. Love Pinterest, actually. Um, and number three is, and I've never done this, but I've always been intrigued. I think maybe next year, this is something that I'll attempt, is to use um, a, a foreign language that you already know to learn another one. Yes, okay. Now, I know this yeah. is really popular. I know a few people that have done this. Um, but I've never had the, I've never had the chance, really, to, to do this myself. But I'd quite like to. Mm -hmm. It's quite intriguing. I had to, I had to switch um, back in... Uh, 2003 when I moved to England I had always learned French from German um, uh -huh. and then I went to university in England and suddenly I had to learn French from English oh no I was I was ad advanced enough that mostly it was just like speaking French but some of the you know lectures and stuff it was all in French and everyone around me was suddenly referencing things from English not from German mm. and it took a few months to switch that's interesting. Yeah, it just it just it just didn't set me back in my French as such, but it was just it just everything felt very alien for a month or two. Um, Can I ask a, a personal question? Should... Obviously, you said you mentioned that you learned a bit of Russian. Yeah. How, what language did you use to learn Russian? Ah, English. 
Ah. Well, um, yeah, and English is my main language now, I guess. And mm. actually, at first, my mother sent me because she, my mother's got a history of, um, hello, mama, um, <laughs> discard, <laughs> dis- discarded, um, you know, like like new language kind of. She she gets a burst sometimes and goes, "I'm going to learn Russian or I'm going to learn Polish." Um, mm. And and then I I try to encourage her and keep her going. And actually, as I become more of a teacher, coach, encourager. I feel mm. like I can help her a little bit and keep her going and stuff, and that's quite good. But anyway, she wants. I have one of her discarded Russian courses, which is a pons, mm. a German pons, and that was from German. But then all the materials I bought after that, I learned from English. So it feels much less. Feels much less. Um, not not much less relevant now, but it didn't really bother me that much. So I find mm. it easier. I think I find it slightly easier now from English rather than from German. That's interesting because I feel like it'd be a good way because I've got a lot of languages where I've learned a bit and then I've moved on and I'd love to to have the chance to use them but then I want to keep learning so I feel like it would be a good way for example I don't know Dutch or Italian which yeah. I never use in everyday life I don't give them I don't give them the love they deserve yeah um, yeah no I, I, and somebody that, in my lessons recently yeah. was learning German from Spanish or he, oh, he's a, cool. in America but he was using a Spanish resource in order to learn German yeah and it was great because we could we could pull all those parallels that that German has with Spanish that it doesn't have with English yeah I mean this is this is one of the reasons as well is Uh that it's cool to kind of see the comparison and then also like as a reminder of oh yeah because that's how verbs work in that language that I learned three years ago or whatever you know yeah okay so tips of the week Oh my god! See, being on the other side, I'm now realizing how difficult it is to pick, to pick <laughs> one of these because they're all amazing. They're all actually really, really great tips. I like Pinterest, but at my own experience, I've only ever used Pinterest more as a teacher. So I have those boards. I've got a learning German board, a learning French board, etc., on my Pinterest, and I love using Pinterest for language learning. It's actually a great teaching resource, and this, the, the teacher community, I think, on Pinterest is really strong. Um, but I don't know as much about using it as a learner, so that's one I'd have to explore. Uh, listeningpractice.org sounds great, but learning a language through another language is my winner, I think. Nice. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't even realize that, but you know, you're right, you're asking me like in this way, and it is kind of what I do all the time. But yeah, so I should, yeah. I should step it up and I should learn. I should try and learn Russian through German more. Not that I have cool. to learn German again. So I'd have to, I guess, <laughs> learn, learn Spanish through French. That would be fantastic. Like, because I know a little bit of Spanish, so I'm not too terrified of this. But yeah. my, my Spanish is a bit out of date. And I'm about to post an article. And I've sent um, I sent an email out. So it's a crowdsourced article I'm doing. Send an email uh-huh. out saying, guys, okay, do you know what? I kind of prefer Spanish to French, even though I know French much, much better. And I've learned it always but Spanish I like it I just like it is it just me and I put this out um, as a kind of crowdsourced article and a lot of people wrote back to my email so I'm gonna be able to post a blog article with lots of people's different perspectives and views um, Mm. and just put them in there I'm really looking forward to it Um, but Spanish is a language that I always really enjoy doing I love Spanish yeah I love it so much exactly it's a great language I think that would blow my mind though to do like for example to learn portuguese via spanish i think that might for me would be like that was the that was the mind blown sound effect it might it it might make it much easier to remember when they're different so if i'm thinking learning spanish through italian 
might be much easier than learning how I learned it, which is learn Italian, then learn Latin, completely uselessly, mm. and then learn Spanish, which means in my head they all mix up. So if I learned Spanish from mm. Italian, I would have a really clear line between the differences that might really help. Yeah. Sorry, it's experimental. Yes, it is. So this is, I think this is really rich and wonderful and what a tip. God, thank you so much for this one. Learn a language through another language is our tip of the week right and we're coming up to an hour so just um one last notice uh beep beep this episode is sponsored by flash sticks everybody loves flash sticks if you haven't got any yet no matter if you're a technical learner or you're a paper-based learner these are going to enhance your language learning massively i recommend them head over to flashsticks.com and use the code kirsten k-e-r-s-t-i-n sorry but that's how i spell my name 10 kirsten 10 for 10 percent off Beep, beep. <laughs> Lindsay, where can people find, follow and, um, I don't know, stalk you on the internet? <laughs> um, please don't stalk me. Um, <laughs> LindsayDoesLanguages.com. Um, you can email me if you want to at Lindsay at DoesLanguages.com. Um, all over social media, just search Lindsay Does Languages, um, LD Languages on Twitter and Pinterest. Fantastic. And you can find me at fluentlanguage.co.uk. Um, and in the outro, there's my Twitter contact and my email address as well. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. This is a slightly different um, new addition to the podcast where I want to start talking to Lindsay regularly. So if you liked our little chat, um, slightly less structured, slightly more just about what we've been up to and what's new in the world of languages. If you like this, let me know and then I'd be able to bring Lindsay back if she wants to come back. And it'd be great okay bye Lindsay. bye bye thanks for listening to the creative language learning podcast guys don't forget to subscribe and to rate the podcast in itunes or on stitcher that's always very much appreciated if you have any feedback or you've got any questions you can email me kirsten k-e-r-s-t-i-n at fluentlanguage.co.uk or you can find me on facebook fluent language tuition or on twitter at Kirsten Hammers, that is K-E-R-S-T-I-N-H-A-M-M-E-S. -M -M -E